This is the PropTech VC Podcast. We give you unique insights into how innovative technologies are disrupting real estate. We interview top entrepreneurs, investors, and knowledgeable experts to share the inside scoop in this fast-moving industry. It's hosted by leading PropTech VC, Zane Jaffer. Let's dive into today's content. So you've got this fulfilling circle here, our self-fulfilling yes. circle here, where you've got um, these elevator companies out. Oh, actually, they're not coming out frequently enough, so the elevator breaks. Mm-hmm. And the elevator breaks so they get to bill for unnecessary repairs and services and mm-hmm. sometimes sell new or unneeded equipment or upgrades that isn't even covered by the maintenance contract. And this just right. continues and continues and continues. And I guess that frustration led to you uh, to build Automate. Yes, absolutely. Like, I believe that customers do not need to be elevator experts. They just need transparent and honest information. Our clients are the best person at making decisions for their own building, but they don't wanna deal with any of the details and the heavy lifting that comes with managing an elevator contract. It's frustrating, the back and forth, the manipulation and the contracts and I mean, babysitting for lack of better terms. Um, so I built a software to babysit for us. <laughs> and it's not, it's not just that the maintenance contracts are one-sided to the detriment of the client. It's also that these things break. And when they break, I think you, you gave a statistic there. What was it? $10,000 per hour that the elevator isn't working for one of your clients. Um, the, you know, it, it, it's two to 5% of the building operating costs, but it ranks in the top three pain points. Yes. Uh, when we did our due diligence, uh, you know, before we invested in Automate, uh, we we own uh, hotels uh, throughout the U.S. Mm-hmm. And, um, we talk to people that also own a lot of real estate, especially commercial, and elevators are, are just a pain point. And and for some industries, like you're a hospital, you cannot yeah. afford for your elevator to not be operating properly. You've got elderly people who need to access uh, you know a certain floor in the hospital. What are you supposed to do? Have them walk up and down the stairs? Absolutely. Yeah. Your surgery cars, right? Your emergency room cars. That's that's true. And what was staggering for me is so we've been monitoring for contact contract completion prior to audit mate. And on average, it's around 50 percent. So clients are only receiving 50 percent of what they're paying for. This includes the hospitals that we manage. That to me is insane. You would think that the hospitals would be better, right? It's like, and it goes back to the human element. Like, what if that was your grandmother in that elevator going up to where she needed to be? You know, it, uh, this is this is the frustration and the danger with prop tech mm-hmm. um, or real estate, right? Prop tech is a solution to the problems in real estate. We're dealing with real buildings here. When you deal with real buildings and something logistically heavy like vertical transport, right? things can break. And when they break, there is a real cost to the human beings inside of that building. Uh, Lack of maintenance can cause some serious issues. We've heard of buildings falling down due to bad natural weather disasters, right? Um, You know, you've got roofs leaking, you've got elevators not working, you've got AC and HVAC. The problem with real estate is that um, you're dealing with hardware that can break. 
but you're also dealing with um, systems. And by systems, I don't mean the hardware, I mean companies. You're dealing with systems that thrive on the fact that there will always be maintenance and repairs needed. And actually one you know, correlates inversely to the other. The less maintenance, the more repairs, the more hardware needed. There's a danger with PropTech uh, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and real estate generally. Um, PropTech can help if, it, if it's done well. PropTech can be a problem in the case of these elevator companies selling solutions that are closed. They cannot work with anyone else. I'm sure that's in the elevator industry. I know that's the case with Census throughout um, other companies where you, know, you can't touch that hardware and it yep. requires a proprietary system. And it, it, it makes sense, right? If you're a large company, how else are you going to build a moat? Why not have proprietary hardware that can only be serviced by your team that requires special software? Absolutely. But isn't that different when it's an oligopoly? Like, shouldn't that be different? If you look at like destination dispatch equipment, it's the new elevators. It's the fanciest tech that's out there now, right? You move people quicker through the building, but no one else can work on that equipment. So you think about when a building gets built, it's the contractor, the architect, the development team that purchases the elevators. But then the owner, the property manager is the one that has to deal with that for the next 30 years. So this developer buys an elevator that's completely proprietary. And now the owner is married to that elevator company for the next hopefully 30 years, maybe shorter if their elevators aren't being maintained, but they they can't go to another company. And they often have a really hard time getting a good maintenance contract because the, the contractor or the elevator company knows they can't go anywhere else. So they pay more forever. They get vague contracts the entire time. And then at the end of that time, they have to modernize their equipment in order to leave that elevator company. So when it comes to the maintenance side, are you seeing a, uh, a shortage of labor for maintenance? We, we're seeing a shortage of maintenance tech staff, at least when it comes to real estate. In many regions throughout the US, um, it's very difficult these days to find a competent, qualified uh, maintenance tech worker to deal with a lot of the you know, building repairs and issues. Is that problem being repeated in the elevator industry? Is that why it's so difficult for these elevator companies to um, comply with the maintenance schedules that the client expects, when in reality they're only getting fifty percent, right? In some cases, we, we look, th- you know, with you, uh, some people are getting, you know, way worse. Especially, especially if they're in a market. We talked to um, a group in uh, Vegas, uh, and you know, I, I think they're a medical building uh, in, in mm-hmm. Vegas, and they were saying that if you're not a casino, you're not going to get the best treatment because casinos are lucrative there. And so the maintenance staff are focusing on the casinos and not as much on the medical buildings. And that's an interesting insight. So why do we have this shortage? Tell me. Well, not shortage, but a lack of compliance. Why aren't aren't the elevator companies going out and maintaining? Awareness. There's no awareness. The industry is so niche. So even from like property managers, facilities managers, less than 2% of the educational content has anything to do with vertical transportation. Even within the industry itself, it's riddled with nepotism, right? Every mechanic has like an uncle or a brother or even me, like being a woman in the industry, they're like, who's your dad? Without even knowing who I am, it's who's your dad? Because the odds are my dad's in the industry and he is, but you know, <laughs> it, it, it's to find a woman, especially a young woman in the industry that isn't related to someone is difficult. And 
So I think the the shortage is just understanding and awareness to the industry. And these these folks are, I think there is a lack of qualified people, but I think that's due to awareness of the industry, right? Like feeding in to um, the, the workforce. Um, and I don't know, I feel like that's often an excuse. <laughs> um, and I don't, yes, there is a shortage, but is the shortage as a whole versus being in the maintenance side of the house versus putting all the people on new installation or modernization or things of that nature? It, it, it sounds like the elevator industry represents everything that's wrong with real estate. Totally. Um, and Absolutely. I, I can say that too, because I invested in the company and I felt strongly about this investment. But the lack of diversity, you, you're talking here as a, a female, mm-hmm. right? A, a female mm-hmm. leader within the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, as you've described, you know, quite sexist. Those weren't your words, but I mean, that's Absolutely. pretty much what you're saying. Yeah. And then an industry yeah, no. that thrives on information asymmetry uh, to the benefit of the, to, sorry, to the detriment of the customer and the benefit absolutely. of the shareholder, you know, I mean, shareholder mm-hmm. benefits. Yeah, absolutely. And it even goes into, so the question that I've been asking myself for years is like, how are customers not mad? Because I'm mad. How are customers not mad? How are, how are folks not riding in the streets about losing so much money, millions and millions of dollars. And, you know, my stepdad told me the story of the strike in the early 90s in New York City. The elevator companies lost a ton of money. And at that time, elevators were serviced monthly. The contracts read the same, this like periodic. But elevators, in most instances, were serviced monthly. And the elevator companies needed to recoup what they had lost. And each of the big four was like figuring out what they were going to do. And they dropped the amount of times that they went from like 12 to quarter, from like monthly to quarterly or, or every other month. And no one noticed. Customers didn't say anything. And since then, it's been like the boiling frog theory, right? It's like dwindled and dwindled and dwindled and dwindled. And it takes so long for that equipment to really feel the weight of that that by the time it gets to the cycle of things breaking down, you can't pin it back to like 10 years ago, you'd started doing less maintenance and this is what caused the breakdown. So I've continued to ask like, how are people not mad? How are people not mad? And the general feeling is most clients don't trust elevator companies, but most don't have another way out. And third, it's never been a way, a a place on the P&L that you could save money. Ever. My, I paid the bill. My dad paid the bill. My grandpa paid the bill, right? Like when you talk to building owners or folks that, that have been in the industry for a long time, it's just what you do. You have to have vertical transportation. You can't service it in-house. You just pay the bill. In, in, a earlier, um, in some earlier episodes, I talked about my philosophy with investing in prop tech. And part of that philosophy comes down to, to look at the operational costs of running real estate, look at it line by line, and there you can try to figure out what prop tech solutions can help you cut costs. Because ultimately, if you cut costs, you benefit your client, or if you're the real estate owner, you hit the home run. Because if you can operate that building at a lower cost, your net operating income increases, and you can then trade at a you know a, a very nice uh, valuation, uh, which is a function of cap rates sometimes. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, you know, you can get better financing or you can sell the property for much, much more. This is an example of that thesis in action here and an example where people don't even realize this is an element you can save on. Um, it ranks in the top three, but it just seems to be something people always complain about in the industry. It's a running joke, you know. Um, and I, I've, you know, I've been in conversations where we've looked to, uh, um, we've looked at some construction opportunities, and everyone strongly recommends against elevators. But you still need an elevator. Everyone's like, well, you know, they're going to break down eventually. Well, you figured out why they break down eventually. They shouldn't break down eventually, right? They, if they maintain well, they should last. Absolutely. And I don't think the problem is that they break down. I think clients expect that. I think building, I mean, as you just said, right, everyone expects that they're going to break down. Where I find the hesitancy is, is in the interactions with elevator companies. They are emotionally draining. It's so difficult. Clients will be like, I reached out 10 times to get a certificate of insurance. My elevator has been down for five days no one's come out. I can't get this invoice corrected. I can't. It's the smallest things that end up tanking someone's week. They no call, no show. It's this arrogance of you need me. I don't need you. And so it's, it's so difficult for clients to deal with. And when we started Audit Me, we expected um, clients to want to drive this online portal to see what was happening with their invoicing and their proposals. And I kept being told, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Just do it. And that's where our enterprise model came from, where I was like, just give it to me. We'll do it for you. We'll manage all aspects because it, they don't even want to look at it anymore. It's just, it's like buying cars on a used car lot. They're like, I'm done. 